All right, Ben, the big day is finally here. Chris Pratt is going to be here on the show today. I can't believe it. I'm so excited. I'm surprised it's actually worked. I know it's a long road, but it feels like it's finally going to pay off. I've uh, been doing a lot of preparation this week. I finally went out to see Jurassic World, so I can ask him about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I haven't done very much preparation, but I wish I had. I've, I practiced my dinosaur roars to see if he oh. could guess which dinosaur it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he should. He knows how to talk to those dinosaurs, so I don't don't see why he wouldn't be able to. Gotta be him. I think he's here. He's here. All right. Uh, all right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just light these candles. Whoa. And what? And we've got a pitcher of lemonade. Just like ambient podcast lighting. Oh, uh, okay. How, how about cucumber water? Do you bring any of that? I've I, got. I mean, I've got water, and I've got cucumbers. I mean, you could cucumber your own water. Just if you stick want a to. whole cucumber in there. Yeah, yeah, and just like you know, swirl it like a like a like a straw. You could eat a cucumber like one of those. Uh, one of the, they're not called dipsticks. The the sticks fun dip is that what it's called? Yeah, fun dip. Just dip a cucumber in, in like candy powder and then take a bite out of it. That sounds terrible. I don't know. And then stir it in the water. I don't think that would sell well. Maybe we I should mean, sell it. It just seems like a seems like a very uh, a deceitful way to trick kids in eating vegetables. Well, anyways, sorry, sorry, Chris Pratt for having to listen oh, to this. Right, so he's actually waiting at the door. Let's go answer it and uh, start the podcast. Welcome to another episode, another episode of Happy Cast with Ben and Brian. I am, of course, Brian, joined as usually, I mean, almost always, except that one time. We don't like to talk about that one time, but I mean, I don't know. Was that time? I don't think that was even canonical, not part of the Happy Cast canon. Who knows? Uh, Ben, Ben, hey, how's it going? Sorry, Ben, I'm very nervous because of our special guest here today. I know Chris Pratt is quite a person to be around. I don't blame you. Yes, yeah. So, oh man. So let's let's not let's not waste any time. Uh, let's get right right to our special guest, ladies and gentlemen. You know him from the television series Parks and Recreation. Uh, he's now a full fledged movie star. Most recently uh, in Jurassic World. Uh, it's gonna tend to be the biggest movie of all time. Uh, he was in Her. He had a good. He had a really good small supporting role in Her. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. It's a steep price to pay, but it was totally worth it. I, I'm glad. I'm glad you think so. It was. Uh, it was pretty rough, you know, pulling pulling off the kickathon. Uh, we almost didn't make it. But again, huge thanks to Rad Snyder for helping us reach our goal. Uh, alleged murder. I don't know if we have we, proof. We were there. Oh yeah, we did witness it, <laughs> and it's recorded. Mm, you have to okay. fill me in. Who's Red Snyder? Oh right, sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I know. I assumed that everybody'd um, listen to the show. It's everybody in the world. But um, <laughs> no, it's not. He's he's not important. He's not an important guy. Let's talk about other things. Uh, so, 
What was it like working? What was it like working with dinosaurs in Jurassic World? Uh, do you still talk to them? Do you guys hang out? Any? You know they're not real, right? But they looked so real. I I just I wanted to believe. Okay. <laughs> you know I haven't I haven't I haven't seen the Emmy nominations. I think those were announced today. I'm gonna assume that you were nominated for at least three or four Emmys. Um, best best supporting for Parks and Recreation. Let's hope, and then maybe best best Chris Pratt. Uh, so my, my question is after you inevitably win this Emmy, are you going for the full EGOT? I mean, I know the Oscar's well within your reach. Uh, are you gonna go for the Grammy and the Tony? Well, I should have an Oscar already. I should have one for Guardians of the Galaxy, but let's not get into that. But you know, I'm going for EGOT. You know, I'm going for it. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, 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 you're going to be right up there with, uh, with Whoopi Goldberg. Who are some other famous EGOTs? Ben, you got anybody? Tracy Jordan. Sure, Tracy Jordan, the the very famous real person. <laughs> you didn't say they had to be real or fake. You just asked. That's true. You're right. Uh, Robert Lopez. Uh, okay, all right. I'll take your word on that one. That's what Wikipedia says. Uh, James Earl Jones, sort of, and yes, maybe. Wait, does, he, does he have like an honorary? Oh yeah. Tony. You honorary Academy. Tony. He has oh, two yeah. Tonys. Right, of course he does. Mel Brooks, there you go. That's a person I know. Uh, ben, Ben, uh, can uh, I, uh, Chris Pratt, just um, one, one sec. I just need to uh, speak alone to Ben for just, just a moment. We'll be right back. Hey, um, uh, Ben, uh, is it just me or is there something a little little weird with Chris Pratt? It just doesn't, I don't know. Like, he, he seems fun, but he just doesn't have that, that... Pratt energy, you know what I'm saying? Or like, oh. am, I, am I crazy here? No, I don't think I don't think you're that crazy. He also looks nothing like Chris Pratt. I expected him to look at least a little bit like Chris Pratt. Well, you know, I know I thought that too, but you know, movie makeup. I've never seen Chris Pratt in person. I thought he could look different. Do you think it's possible we've been Prattfished? Oh man, you always you always hear about it, but you think it never happened to you. Do you think this guy Prattfished us? Who? Okay, all right, let's go. Wait, hold, hold on. I, I, I'll hold him still, and you pull on his head and find out. Let's hope it's not Chris Pratt. Oh yeah, that would be bad. Wait a minute. Wait, are we, are we saying that he's wearing a Chris Pratt mask, even though we've established that he doesn't look like Chris Pratt? Like he looks kind of like Chris Pratt, right? Well, have you seen those people that wear the president masks? They look nothing like the president. I don't know. Have you seen any Mission Impossible movies? Those people look like the people, and then they do the weird cutaway, and the mask is suddenly there. I yeah, but that that's was... like crazy technology stuff. This is just a Chris Pratt. Okay, all right, okay, all right. Okay, hey, sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry about that, Chris Pratt. We're, we, you know, we're just trying to work out some technical issues here, uh, mic levels and whatnot. Oh, no worries. Ah! Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you pop his head off like a barbell? <laughs> The Wootinator. Oh, you found me out. Uh, well, I, I guess why, works. Why would you? Why would you pratfish us? I just, I just wanted to be on the show again so much, guys. I loved it the first time when I ruined everybody's lives <laughs> by mentioning entropy, and oh, everyone yeah. heard me coughing without a mute button. <laughs> yeah, we we loved all that too. We 
we wanted to have you back on the show. We just we didn't want to come across as too too pushy. We didn't want to ask too soon. You could have we could have worked this out. We didn't have to go through this elaborate ruse. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. How can I ever repay you? With the quarter million that we gave you to be on the show? Uh, sure. Woohoo! We got money. <laughs> we'll use that to have a talk show next week. There. Sure. Sure. Okay. Yeah, that works out, I suppose. Our own late night with Ben and Brian. Wait, are we the host? We we have to be the guest at some point, right? One of us is the host, and one of us will guest, and we'll switch back and forth. Oh, or we wow, can be gonna... like Conan and Andy. Oh, dibs on Andy. Oh, double dibs on Andy. Oh man, we both I forgot about Andys. the double dibs rule. All right, yeah, Andy, Andy, and Andy. There we go. Uh, well, I guess we might as well record a regular podcast. Wait, let me one 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 moment. I love Andy Richter. Great guy, really funny. But two Andys sounds like a really bad talk show. Well, we can switch off being Andy. Okay. Well, well you can be you can be Andy, and I'll be Ed McMahon, like the ghost of Ed McMahon and Andy Richter control the universe. All right. Yeah, yeah. I would watch show. that. Okay. All right. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's reset. Let's do a normal normal show. Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> Wait, who's Paul Schaefer? Paul Schaefer? Schaefer's uh, Letterman's. No, guy. no, I mean like no, like can like Boop be Paul Schaefer? Oh, I thought you wanted to know who Paul Schaefer oh, was. No, I, I know who Paul Schaefer is. <laughs> it's pretty, it's a pretty weird blind spot in your pop culture knowledge, Ben. I happen to know his name, but no idea who he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. completely unrelated to what we're saying. Like, who's Paul Schaefer? It just. I was I just curious. You were still looking at the list of EGOT, and I was like, "There's no way he EGOT." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he, he won an Oscar in Schindler's List. He was I know. the list. Like. Like he could let, let's be honest. What what realistically was is in with is within Paul Schaefer's grasp. Uh, Grammy, of course. Uh, maybe maybe a, like an Oscar, like a musical Oscar. Is there an Emmy for like talk show sidekick? Hmm. Not yet. I'm sure. I'm sure they'll branch out and find that category at some point. He did have a run on, on one episode of How I Met Your Mother. So maybe oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. That's a good episode. And oh, good they're all so good, Ben. What about that one? Ah, uh, right. That one that everybody hates. I like that one, though. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right. Well, let's, uh, okay, let's just reset. Let's roll it back. <laughs> Hello. It's happy. Welcome to Happy Hour, which is part of the show where we talk about the thing that is making us most happy for the week. Ben, Hello. what's your happy hour pick? All right. Uh, didn't have my notes open again. My happy hour this week is a game, board game again, two weeks in a row. Because oh, is it is it, uh, is it that Settlers of Catan? I know still, you love the Settlers of Catan. I still never really played that game for real. So it is Zombicide. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, okay. All right. They're zombies, and you kill them. That's why. That's what the aside is about there. Uh, it's a cooperative game. It is an expensive game because it comes with, like, 80 or 90 little figures. Most of them different types of zombies. Six of them are people that you play as. There's, like, stats. There are 10, or, uh, like, I guess 11 preset missions in the little booklet. Tells you how to set stuff up, where to put zombie spawns, where to put objectives. Then as a team, you work together to try to not get murdered to death by zombies. I guess eaten. 
and try to complete whatever the objective is for that round. And you have like actions. It's kind of a strategy game, except it's co-op, so it's a little bit easier to mm-hmm. understand. There's no backstabbing in this, really. Uh, you could accidentally kill your teammates, though, depending on how good your character is at firearms. Okay, all right. Sounds interesting. So it sounds like it has some light, uh, like tabletop RPG elements to it. Yeah, some of those. Every time you kill a zombie, you get some experience. You find an objective, you get some. And that gives you new abilities later on that you can choose from. Uh, It gets kind of hard in some levels because after everyone gets one turn, uh, zombies spawn all over the board based on a card draw to know which types you put where. And it's really easy to get extremely quickly overwhelmed by all of it and uh mm-hmm. you have to, like search for weapons and f- food sometimes you don't have to really really worry about hunger or any of that stuff but yeah it, uh it, it can be pretty hard uh the, the first one in the book for some reason this booklet does not rank them in order from easiest to hardest like i thought they were so we did number one which was rated hard i did not realize and it took us like two or three hours to get through it and uh my sister the new today let one of my characters die in a room instead of coming in to save me. It sounds like it was probably a hard choice. They had to be made. She probably really thought about it long and hard. She seemed okay with it. And then we played an easy one, I think, last weekend, where it was rated easy, but both of my characters died, and then both of Megan's characters died, and both of the new todays survived. Oh, okay. I thought everybody would have died. Is it, That's a possible outcome, right? It is, yes. But you win <laughs> as long as at least one person makes it to the exit after finishing everything. So after both your characters died and both of Megan's characters died, were you just essentially watching your sister play a one-player board game? Uh, it, yes, but luckily uh, we were both like near one of the zombie exits where they were trying to get to. If four zombies got out, we would have lost. It was like a containment little story for that one. And so we were kind of distracting them with our corpses, which were alive a second ago. And so instead of... All the zombies leaving, the horde of zombies just killed all, like, three of us that were left. Oh, because with three players, you play two characters each. Yeah, so it killed all three of our characters, and Caitlin was okay. She was, or sorry, the new today, I spoiled her name again. Uh, she was just hiding out in some other room, trying to complete the objective, and that's why she lived and didn't save us. She's cruel. All right. Yeah, it sounds interesting. You said it's called Zombicide. Zombicide. It is an expensive game, but it's fun. You could play solo. That's an option. It doesn't really sound cool or fun by yourself, but Mm, you can. One of of those one-player board games. Yeah. I would not play solo, though. But the co-op was really fun. All right. Sounds cool. I I will head out to my local board gamery and buy all the copies of Zombicide they have. Well, I, I don't know if you need multiple copies unless you need that many zombie figurines. I just need backup. You know, play it safe. Well, I will be bringing it in case we feel like playing something at some downtime on the October celebration. We need a oh, new name October. for it. Yeah, the Locktober celebration. <laughs> Every Locktober, Megan and I come down to Atlanta and celebrate it. Because, you know, ever since Lost ended, it's a real hard time of the year for me. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's more just like we, we have to watch you to make sure you're okay. All right. All right. Sounds good. I look forward to checking that out. I love that you mention uh, playing board games with other people as co-op mode. 
well, that one actually <laughs> is because all right, I I played some where you're all cooperative and then someone turns traitor. I have two like that. Most games are competitive. This one, all three or however many people are playing need to work together, or else you will all die. And the uh, proof of that is my sister letting us die because she is mean. So live together, die alone. Ex- well. Of course, we died together, and she lived alone. So I guess that didn't work out the way I thought it would. Can we can we combine the Zombicide board game with pieces from the Lost board game and have it be the zombie season that never came to fruition? We could, yes. We could put some of the zombie cards mixed in with the fate cards and then use the zombie tokens on the hex board that you make. I'll play as early. Oh, not luck? Uh, lock, lock and hurly. Okay, that, that's fine. I'll play as real Michael Lurley Pock and Shannon. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, 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 don't, 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 don't overthink it. Well, that's my happy hour. Well, actually, what would be fun is mixing that with uh, betrayal at House on the Hill that I talked about a few weeks ago. I'm not okay. I'm not a big board game guy. I appreciate your enthusiasm for the form. I've played a uh, little Settlers of Catan myself. I've played some things. Uh. At a certain point, I feel like you're making these up. They these sound like joke board game titles. Have I not talked about Betrayal at House on the Hill? I uh no, I don't think so. Oh, it's the Haunted House one. That one's okay. All right, I remember you telling me about a Haunted House board game. I just didn't remember the name. Okay, yeah, that's a really stupid name. So usually we end up just calling it Haunted House. Okay, there you go. Ooh, haunted house. Okay. Well, very good. Thank you for your happy hour, Ben. I will, since we have a a special guest here, the Wootinator, I will uh, let him go next. Woot, how you doing? Oh, pretty good. Still still pretty bummed you found me out. I know. What? I just, were you, were you planning on going through the whole show? Did Chris Pratt have his own happy hour bumper patrol lined up, or are you going to use the same ones was he just gonna was chris pratt gonna share like your interest a lot was it talk a lot about the chicago cubs yes he we, we were gonna share that but i was also gonna sing the little sebastian song it was gonna go further than it needed to <laughs> okay well i you know well anybody that's heard the show knows that we're a big fan of things going too far further than they need to go so uh, i regret i regret finding you out so soon but um, as yourself, do you have a, a happy hour you'd like to share with us? Yes, my happy hour is very similar to the one I had when I came on last time as myself and not someone else. Uh, <laughs> it's movie soundtracks. Ooh, those I'm, are good. I'm just a big fan of the soundtracks that directors choose to, and producers choose to put in their movies. And what sparked this is a couple days ago, I actually made it to the movie theaters to go see me and Earl and the Dying Girl. And it's a great film with an awesome soundtrack. And so I've been listening to it at work every day. And it got me thinking about some really other awesome soundtracks. Like a year ago, around this time, went to go see Guardians of the Galaxy, one of the best soundtracks ever. Mm, yes. Decided to revisit Goodfellas for the first time a few years ago. Awesome soundtrack. Uh, I, I don't know, because it, it makes the songs better and it makes the movies better. It's like it's symbiotic almost. Yeah, uh, you're you're right about that. You're right. There there are some occasions where I I like it when you have a good movie soundtrack. Um, 
and and you're right they kind of play off each other they kind of build each other up but then you have the cases where one overpowers the other like um there's songs that i can't hear now without thinking of like the big lebowski like uh like oh yeah well um what, what's what's the what's the I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank is on the that big one lebowski that's like soundtrack. The... Condition my condition is in. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. I, yeah that, that's, that's the one. It's like condition. What condition my condition is in? Yeah. That's right. That's right. So you know that just like pops up on uh, on Spotify, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I should that, watch the Big Lebowski. That song is also in a fun little like puzzly platformer game called Stick It to the Man that I would highly recommend. Oh. Hmm. That's how it actually intros. Really? It was weird. Like I wasn't expecting intro. it. But you're, yeah, you're talking will, about yeah. – oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no I was going to say I'll agree with you there that because uh, it, it can go the completely opposite way too where a movie can be using a bad song or a song can use – or a movie could use a song so overused that it detracts from everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I can think of a few cases of that. One exception that uh, I always give a pass to like any Martin Scorsese film – where Gimme Shelter comes in. It's like, all right, yeah, okay, of course. <laughs> or any other Rolling Stone song because it's 90% of his soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Didn't he, didn't he do like a like a Rolling Stones doc or concert film a few years back? He did, yeah. I think they asked him to come and do it. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense for, for somebody to make that choice. But, but you're talking about the, um, like the soundtracks that are uh, assembled from pre-existing works not you're, are you not a fan of like a, an original score to a uh, film I, i'm very maybe i'll save that for the next time i come on the show maybe i'll get really into like john williams score when star wars comes out okay oh man i have a bone to pick with that stuff i don't i have to oh. put that on my list <laughs> <laughs> you got a bone to pick with john williams i do <laughs> i think he's really good at making really good memorable themes but then not very good at making variations on that theme. Because everyone always knows his themes, but then after that, it's like you just hear that same thing over and over. Maybe that's why it's memorable. I don't know. That's why I like the music in Jurassic World, because you still had some of the original themes in there, and then different music that was also good. Mm. All right, all He's right. really I, good at themes. I'm trying, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to see this from your, your perspective. I'm trying to hear you out. I'm just... I've never, I never thought I would hear, I'd hear you try to take John Williams down a peg. It's... <laughs> he deserves it. He would not score the podcast. Oh, you mean he doesn't write the Happy Hour song? He does not. I tried to get him <laughs> to sign on to the Happy Cast movie we're developing, but he refused. Yeah, yeah. Bad blood between you guys. It goes, it goes way back. It goes back decades. Wow, I'm. Barely decades. Yeah, ever since you were five years old. <laughs> Six? Uh, or, okay, all right. You were the one that's there. I'm, I'm just... <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm make just, me just decades old. Who's, who's number two on that list, though? Because can I suggest the Wu-Tang Clan? It, it is Michael... G- oh, wait. With who I have a beef with? Or who I want to score the <laughs> movie? <laughs> Um, who you want to score the movie? I was going to go for Giacchino next, because everything I've heard from him is good. 
But does he do good variations of the same thing, Ben? <laughs> I have. I have heard various variations. Like, he'll do the John Locke theme, but then in a later episode, he'll have that mixed in with other stuff. Like, you'll hear other music, and then that will come in for a second and then leave. He is mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. And he did Jurassic Park. I actually didn't know. As I was watching Jurassic, or Jurassic World, I mean, as I was watching Jurassic World, I was like, wow, John Williams, you know, you won me back. This sounds really good. And at the end, I saw Michael Giacchino. I'm like, oh, all right. Never mind. Somewhere John yeah. Williams sitting listening to this crying. <laughs> Good. He deserves to be crying. I have to win back Ben's support. <laughs> he never will. Sitting in his room full of Emmys. <laughs> that, John. Well, that's because Oscar. he does he does write a really, really good theme. After. Uh, <laughs> just the same thing over and over. That's why they brought in different people for the later Harry Potter movies, and the music got way better past just the one memorable theme. Hmm. That's where it all started for me. I feel, I feel like I don't know you anymore, Ben. I didn't know you had strong opinions on John Williams. <laughs> I don't hate him. He's really strong good. Strong negative opinions. He's really good at memorable theme songs, like the Harry Potter one and Jaws and all of those. Mm-hmm. Indiana Jones, of Jurassic course. Park, Star Wars. But then changing it up throughout is just the same thing. Some of the later Harry Potter movies only use the theme maybe like once or twice somewhere in the middle. And they'll have other good music. Anyway, this is not Bummer Patrol. And that's not yeah, Bummer yeah. Patrol this week. You, you, you've, hijacked, you've hijacked the Wootenator's happy hour and you really, you really took, a, took a downturn on it. This, this, is, uh, this is karma. This is retribution. In short, the, my yes. happy hour. Movie soundtracks. The non- is it non-diegetic or diegetic? It's been a while since film class. The one where you pick the songs already written by people and played by people to put in your movie. I usually just know original soundtrack and soundtrack. That one. Just yeah, just soundtrack. <laughs> no no O on the OST. But yes, that. And I also suggest if anyone everyone should go read Me and Earl and the Dying Girl and go see the movie because it's pretty cool. Okay, so you recommend reading the book first and then seeing the film? Uh, the film is good standalone. I enjoyed reading the book first because they it's a rare occurrence where both stand on their own and the movie might even be better. I don't think I've ever said that about a book. Whoa. Most movies are far worse <laughs> than the book. <laughs> well, how do you feel about TV soundtracks? Oh, big fan. Big fan. I actually on my RDO subscription compiled the entire soundtrack to How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> Wow. That sounds so sad when I say it out loud. <laughs> That's a good soundtrack, though, especially the Barney's Get Hype Mix. Is that what it was? Oh, I did those, too. Those are separate playlists. Oh, okay. That's a good one. True fans of the show know that there are two different versions of it. I think there's there are actually one... three, even. Oh, wow. There, there's one that is shown on the actual CD case in the show, and there's one that was posted on Barney's blog back in, like, oh, my Lord, 2006. All right, there might be four, then. Yeah, I think one is what shows on that, one is his blog, one is what actually plays in the episode, and one is uh, the bro code book they came out with. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one, too. I They're only low. stuck to the original two with uh, my playlist making. I think I found a playlist online that had all four, just with all the songs in it. That might not have been in the right order, but they tried their best, and some good songs in there. Yeah, the the Hymium soundtrack's really good, and I love TV soundtracks. I'm just a big sucker for uh, montages, even though it's probably overused and 
overly sappy at times, but it it sucks me in every time. Yo, I like the Chuck soundtrack. I don't care what anybody says. No one was saying anything. Uh, but I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, nobody had uh, strong opinions <laughs> either way on the Chuck soundtrack. <laughs> it's good, though. They're, they're, it, uh, it's got that cake song in it, right? That's all I know. Well, that's like the main song. Yep, that's it. That's... I like the original and their just soundtrack. I know what the final song in Chuck... I never watched Chuck, but I know what the final one is because it was used in Amateur Mother. <laughs> <laughs> ah. The last season's good. Anyway, Brian, what's your happy hour? <laughs> no, hey, I, I want to talk more about soundtracks and this me and Earl and the, the Dying Girl, which I tried to go see last week, but I just didn't make it, and it's not playing anymore. Pretty bummed out about that, but it's not the time or place for that. Um, happy hour, happy hour. Okay, here we go. If you're ever in Atlanta on a Friday, I highly recommend that you drive a little little uh, west of Atlanta, I believe. Uh, you go to uh, Cobb County on a Friday at about 6 o'clock, and there's this business park. I, I'll find the exact address. If anybody wants the address, uh, you know, send me an email, and I'll, I'll share the address. This is weirdly specific. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is it. you got to go to this business park at 6 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. And there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of food trucks there. It's where a bunch of food trucks will show up and sell their wares to people. You were there. You've seen the food truck spot. Wait, that's that place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were there. I thought that was outside of a church. Was it a church? Okay, I it might we were be outside of a, big of a church. church. Maybe it was a church's chicken. Who knows? Oh yeah, <laughs> just put the two together. How did chicken church? Wait, was that a question? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like how do how do chicken church? No, how about a chicken church? <laughs> oh, I thought you said how do chicken church? <laughs> no. Like I don't know, they get up early on a Sunday. I don't know. Sign don't know. me up. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> is church like do, would you worship chicken or is it chickens worshiping something? Just eat it. Like that I just assume slogan? it's just a restaurant that you come to every Sunday morning. Yeah, do that. yeah. That makes me. Chicken, chicken, maybe some waffles on the side. Who knows? That'd be, a, that'd be a great promotion for church's chicken. Come in early Sunday morning. What, during church? <laughs> yeah, skip church. <laughs> Come eat our chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Come worship at the house of chicken, the chicken built. <laughs> I, would, I would still go. Sorry. <laughs> food trucks. Oh, anyway, okay, there's this one particular food truck. It's called the Paddy Wagon. They sell hamburgers. And they sell one of the best burgers I've ever had. Let me let me paint you a mind picture describing this this hamburger. You lost me at the word burger. I know, I know. I I'm, know you I'm, say you don't I'm like hamburgers, Ben. <laughs> but you've never had this hamburger. This is the hamburger that's really going to turn you around. <sighs> that was my bum patrol one week. <laughs> <laughs> this burger pushers. I'm no, with, no, no. With you. This burger. Okay, so it's a different kind of burger, so that might be why you like it. Let me let me describe it. First of all, it's a turkey burger. I'm not usually a fan of the turkey burger, but this. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. Turkey. Never mind, I'm not with you anymore. Turkey. I know. Worse. Well, you can substitute. You can get beef. You can also get beef, but I find that the uh, the other ingredients it kind of the the turkey kind of kind of meshes better with it. It's a turkey burger. It's got thick cut uh, maple bacon on it, which I, I'm not usually a bacon hamburger guy. It seems overly decadent. I I don't think you need to put bacon on a hamburger. 
but you've got the, the turkey, the maple bacon, and then uh, st strawberry preserves. There's strawberry preserves on top of the what? bacon. And then on top of that bacon is goat cheese. So turkey burger, bacon, strawberry preserves, goat cheese. And I know it sounds like it sounds like I just like opened up my refrigerator, and named like four things that I just I randomly see on a shelf. How would you but... casually have goat cheese? Who? What? Are you saying that you don't buy goat cheese and keep it on hand? I definitely do not. <laughs> it's a pretty good cheese. But I'm telling you, there's something magical about the way the, these particular ingredients come together, and it's it's better than the sum of its parts. It's better than it should be. Is there a chicken variation? Uh, no, it's, it's turkey or it's beef. That's it. I hate it. Eh, well, I tried. I tried. Bootinator, would you like to describe your dream hamburger to Ben, see if you can convert him? Ooh. Well, you just said you didn't like bacon on cheeseburgers. You're right. It is overly decadent. It is also overly awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm a plain guy. I'm, I'm in uh, Ben's boat here. I'm not a condiment guy. Yeah, so, but my oh. my ideal burger is just you know good third pound of beef, some cheddar, and some mm -hmm. bacon. So so you're not you're like Ben, just no no ketchup, no mustard, just beef, bacon, cheese. Yeah, I'm a I don't, I don't know if it's weird or if I'm a plain guy or what. I I like to enjoy the meat and the cheese in my mouth. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But also me without the meat, just the cheese so, and just the, the cheese. burger <laughs> and the <laughs> buns. So you're just you're you're describing a cheese sandwich at that point, <laughs> yes. then. but with hamburger buns. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's even sadder. <laughs> <laughs> a grilled cheese, ham. Well, I don't even can call it a hamburger. What do you like, call it then? That's what you make grilled cheese if you ran out of bread and all you have are hamburger buns. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, yeah, jokes on you. I don't even have hamburger buns. The only thing that sounds sadder than that is if you just have, like, two hot dog buns. You just, like, spread them open. Like, all right, this is my weird-shaped sandwich now. <laughs> spread some butter on it and just put it together and eat it. A Guys, hot you haven't dog had sandwich. a sandwich until you've had a rectangular-shaped sandwich. <laughs> <sighs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll somehow, some way, we'll convince you to give hamburgers another shot at some point, Ben. My ideal burger is chicken strips. Those are pretty good. I'm not against the chicken strip. Neither am I. Oh, and I looked it up. Uh, there is no Me Earl Dying Girl here either. But Paul Blart is playing in our like two dollar theater. Oh yeah, right. That's, I that, that's <laughs> on DVD now. I saw it in the red box last night. Oh. <laughs> but you could come here and we could watch it in a movie theater. I'll pass. I'd rather let's meet up where where the Wootenator's at and let's go see Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. I, I am in Eastern Time Zone now, Boo. so the only one that would be changing would be Ben. Boo. I refuse to ever go to the Eastern Time Zone, and when I do, I don't change any of my time clocks. It makes it really hard to coordinate. It's like, all right, we'll meet up at the, the Waffle House at 5, and it's always an hour difference. It's I always terrible. have to go with, uh, like, uh, 10 hours from now. That works out pretty well. He gets weirdly cryptic about time things. Uh, well, welcome, welcome to the the East Coast. Uh, uh, East Coast is the Beast Coast. <laughs> it's really weird because I'm literally like three minutes across the border from the Central Time Zone. So like, ten minutes to ten o'clock at night comes up, and it's still 
sunset. Oh. So it's really odd. East Coast is the least coast. Oh, no. Central Coast is the ventral coast. Wait, that's not even coast. Okay, sure. Yeah, all right. <laughs> nor, nor is ventral a word. <laughs> ventral. It's two different that, words now. That that wasn't what you went towards first. No, it was the logical conclusion that the central time zone does not have a coast. <laughs> Wait, well, I guess it, it. I guess it does if you count like Louisiana. It, it technically, yeah, it technically has some sort of shoreline. It's not an oceanic coast. When we have lakes. So, yeah, we have some coasts. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Problem solved. We don't have a northern coast. Eventually. Oh. <laughs> <Does> ice <laughs> when Canada just melts. <laughs> Poor Canada. All right, now that we figured out our coastal issues, uh, <laughs> well, let's take a quick break, and we'll pick it up in the Bummer Patrol. This week's podcast is brought to you by True Grits Bars. Are you a man of true grit, heading out the door, and need to grab a bite first, but don't have time for a bowl of grits? Well, True Grits Bars are the answer to this quandary. Manufactured in lovely Fort Smith, Arkansas, True Grits Bars come in many flavors, including smoky bacon, double cheddar, savory shrimp, and luscious labeef. Perfect for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. True Grits Bars are available on the breakfast aisle of your local supermarket. Just look for the bars with Academy Award winner Jeff Bridges on the label. True Grits Bars, they're good grits to go. Welcome, everybody, to the Bomber Patrol, part of the show where we talk about things that are, things that are, uh, you know, sad. Got us, got us feeling blue. Ben, what's your Bomber Patrol pick this week? Uh, this week, it is the same as the last two weeks that you didn't know that Eeyore was a donkey. I swear. No, come on. <laughs> Woot, back me up. Eeyore, did you, have you always known that he's a donkey? Yes. Pin the he tail like, on the donkey. He looks like a beanbag with legs. I thought he was... Uh, I didn't he know he was supposed that. to be an animal. Yeah, I will give you that, but uh, I think the, the ears are a dead giveaway. <laughs> and his name, Eeyore, is like a donkey sound. Eeyore! I, mm, seems no, like a stretch. I don't know. <laughs> like all bears say, poo! Yeah. All right. right and rabbits say so. rabbit? Yeah. And someone can't spell tiger correctly. I okay, all right. Well, uh, to be fair, okay. I was big into Winnie the Pooh when I was like maybe like four or five years old. Have not thought a lot about it as an adult, <laughs> so I haven't had the opportunity to come to the realization. Are there any Winnie the Pooh characters that aren't animals? Uh, you got Christopher, Christopher, uh, Christopher Walken. I mean, uh, Chris, uh, <laughs> Christopher, Christopher Robin. Well, I, he was still an animal. He's alive. No. Everything else, it was like Kanga and Roo and Owl and Gopher that whistles for some reason. Wait, are you telling me that that? that oh, oh man, Kang Kang Kanga were they kangaroos? Is that what you're telling yes, me? Yes, they were what? not beanbags with heads. They all look like beanbags with heads, all of them. My real bumper patrol is uh, the way 
technology is sometimes portrayed on television? Oh, yeah. Moo, technology. What? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were on an anti-technology tear. No, Mr. Hipster. Uh, specifically, I've been watching Dexter recently, and every time he clicks something or like goes to a new tab, there's a little bloop sound. He's trying to be sneaky, but he'll scroll. It'll make little bloops sounds. Then he'll click. Uh, bloop, bloop. Like a scroll sound? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's all sorts of weird sounds that don't happen on a normal computer. Or like someone when they get a phone call and they like either answer it or hang up, it makes a beep. Yeah. <laughs> beep. Hello. And then they talk. They should think it's a freaking voicemail. Uh, and for some reason, Dexter stuck with us like the entire show. But uh, whenever they, someone got a text, it was like Jeopardy font. It was like a, dark, a blue background with like white lettering. It's like, oh, like Deborah says, and it has what they say. Then no, nothing looks like that. Later on, was the, his phone making Jeopardy sounds? Maybe oh, he no, just had a special sounds. Jeopardy theme. <laughs> no, no, that one was just Jeopardy looks. Like everybody's phone had that, and then later seasons they clearly had like iPhone type apps, but then it was still that really terrible. Just all you have is one of the latest texts that you can respond to. There's no way of seeing the other ones. It's so dumb. Ugh. And, of course, the enhancing stuff. Okay, I watched an episode of Arrow recently, and they freeze-framed part of, like, this thing. Like, they uh, people brought a criminal outside at a courthouse, and then stuff happened. And they freeze-framed it, and the camera zoomed around the guy to see what was happening on the other side of him. It was a freeze-frame of a video. You can't go three-dimensional. It's a 2D image. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> It made me so mad. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with them being able to hack all sorts of random stuff because that's okay with suspension of disbelief. But being able to make a 2D image in magically into a 3D image does not make sense. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Seems I don't know. At the very, it seems lazy at the very least. They could have gotten that information some other way. They could, or they could just move where the camera was, so when they zoomed in, they could see what's happening or something. But, uh, it's a weird choice to make. So I'm mad at that special effects person for being I, that I get, crazy. Yeah, I get that way about guns on TV. Especially, like, I, when, I don't talk bad about Lost, but when I do, it's about guns. Because the amount of times they cock those things is absurd. <laughs> <laughs> like, three times a conversation, when someone's held a gunpoint, they cock it just to prove, I'm not kidding! <laughs> <laughs> I guess it accidentally comes uncocked somewhere in the middle. Like, ah, oh, crap, gotta do it again. Wait, wouldn't, that, wouldn't you be shooting them at that point? That <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe it was, like, cut, and he, like, quietly shot the ground, and then recocked it. Maybe they should just put in a bunch of, like, a bunch of shots of Sawyer, like, slowly putting the hammer back. Like, all right. <laughs> I'm, just ki- I'm just kidding there. Gotcha. But that's all for my... That's good. That's good. Control. That, I, um... Let's uh, here's a special edition of, of Ryan uh, relays a joke he saw on a thing. I was watching the movie uh, while we're young earlier today, and there's this great, there's really great joke. It's probably the highlight of the movie is uh, Ben Stiller plays a character and they're working on a documentary and he's in the editing bay and he sees like a big pivotal clue to the plot. He's like, what? Hey, what? Wait, what's that? He's talking to the editor like, uh, oh, it looks like uh, this. He's like, enhance. He's like, I can't do that on this machine it doesn't do it's like really you can't no no it's good it's a good joke so if you want to see that joke check out while we're young <sighs> anyway though uh woot what's your bummer patrol pick uh my bummer patrol is that ben has never had ice cream cake 
<laughs> it's I know. true. That's crazy. <laughs> Do they not sell it in Arkansas? They I've seen places that have it. I've just never like had the money and motivation. Well, and also I'd be buying one just for myself to eat. And Do you not- that, that makes me feel sad. Do you not like ice cream? I love cake? ice cream. I'm I'm okay with cake. Because uh, I've all yeah I always see one like oh I want I want one of those ice cream cakes not like burgers where I despise them. This is something I've been wanting for a long time, but I mean I, I have to have an excuse to buy one. I could just buy an ice cream cake and take it home and eat it and then put it in the freezer happy, and eat it again the next day. Happy Thursday to me. No, yeah, I'll that. just feel sad if I do that. I've been waiting I for a really good excuse. I just found out there's a Baskin Robbins in this new town I'm in, and that's exactly what I'm gonna do to me next like, next week. Happy Thursday! <laughs> I'm getting an ice cream cake. Well, that was my fake one though. I have a real one. I still I don't believe real... Baskin Robbins exist. They do. I, they're they're <laughs> awesome. It's real. And usually, my experience, they're in a shared uh, building with the Dunkin' Donuts. Does anybody else see those? Is that just me? Yes. Yes. Okay. Ours doesn't. Ours is a Dunkin' Donuts slash gas station. That's not bad. That's better than I saw Subway one time in a gas station. And I'm already not a big Subway fan, but the the thought of getting a Subway sandwich out of a gas station just is not very appealing to I've me. never seen that. I, I just see McDonald's and gas stations. Get this. The town I just left has a combo Subway Dunkin' Donuts. What? Really? Yeah. Man. That's lots of carbs. <laughs> Anyway, I have a real bummer patrol. I just needed to point out to the world that Ben has never had ice cream cake, so someone will send him one. How are you going to mail me an ice cream cake? A gift certificate? I don't know. Oh, I thought you meant like package. <laughs> it's like 100 degrees outside. Put it in an envelope. Someone has to hand deliver you an ice cream cake. Yeah, I would do that. Not or... for your birthday or anything, just for any random Thursday over the next like 37 weeks. I'm okay with a Friday. That's cool. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a Thursday ice cream cake day. <laughs> Brian, yeah. how, how about we get one as a big celebration in October for October? Sure, yeah. When you guys are in town, I'll get a Friday. And, um, oh, man. Uh, yeah, okay, we'll get one. I'll get it on a Friday. I was going to do, do, like, a big – I was going to do, like, a take on the – like. I was going to do, like, a Friday joke, but then I realized it would be lost on you, so. <laughs> You've heard that, like, two other times, and both times I had no idea what you were talking about. I know, so I, I really should have... stop. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. But, okay. Yeah, but, but that, uh, that was my fake yes. bummer patrol. Uh, my real one is our incessant need to remake things. Why is there going to be a new Top Gun? What? No, please, it... No. It, okay, I heard, I've heard a little bit about this. Is it a remake of Top Gun, or is it a, a really late Top Gun sequel? Oh, I haven't seen it. All, I, all I've heard is that, I don't know, if it's a reboot, I guess I'd be okay with that. But I'm. we should just let things die, <laughs> please, before they start to remake Ferris Bueller or The oh, Goonies no. or The Breakfast Club. Just stop. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, there's no Luckily. reason Full House should be on Netflix. Or as a sequel. Oh, yeah. Please, no. <laughs> well, maybe it's one of those rebooty sequels like Jurassic World is. Where, like, the past stuff technically happened, but it doesn't really matter to what you've seen. So, like, I haven't seen Top Gun, but I guess Tom Cruise could be, like, a flight instructor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining that in my I, head right I, now. Yeah, no. Can that just I be his own movie? Dies. <laughs> like, like uh, Tom Cruise fl- flight school. <laughs> I've never seen that movie. 
yeah, it's I, you're right. It's it's kind of always been a problem, but it seems like it's kind of just increasing more over time. The one that really, really cut me deep, really hurt me, was the uh, trailer that came out for the uh, the Point Break remake. <laughs> yeah, that like why would you? Why would you remake it? So it's so of its time. Why do you need to remake that? It's so perfect. It's the perfect version of what it is. I've never seen the original. I saw. The, I had no idea what the trailer was when I saw the uh, remake trailer, but I didn't seem super interested because people were surfing or climbing oh, something. It's not a good movie. Oh, <laughs> I just wanted to see it because Brian said it was with, Fast yeah. and the Furious one, but different. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it's Fast and the Furious with any ones. Nick Cage movie you've seen. Oh. It's yeah, it's not a it's not a, a good movie, but it's very entertaining. Like I, I as I was watching it, there's several times. Like every few minutes, I would just I have a big smile on my face. Like, oh, this is stupid. All right, yeah, all right, sure. One of them, surely one of them's gonna pull the shoot, right? No, okay, there's both. <laughs> it's Con Air with surfing and less physics. Oh god, uh, I really don't want to see it. <laughs> and they're and they're robbing banks. I like bank there's, robbing. There's the great there's a great scene where Keanu Reeves is an undercover cop, uh, who's infiltrating the group of surfers that rob banks and <laughs> <laughs> and they they pull off the job and something goes wrong and, and there's this big chase scene where he's chasing down patrick swayze and it's a really great scene and at one point he uh patrick swayze turns around and throws a dog at him just i it doesn't make any i why would you he throws a dog at him keanu reeves catches the dog and then drop kicks it like he kicks it what? away like a football Oh. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Check it out, Ben. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose I shall. I, I have started watching movies I should have seen but hadn't, but that, that's for later. Are there any, any other really bad remakes we can think of? I mean, it pays off sometimes. Like I, like the, the new Mad Max, universally beloved. Yes. Doesn't, doesn't seem like there should have been another Mad Max, but it happened, and everyone's like, yeah, we're, we're okay, this is it. Like I'm, I'm excited for the new Ghostbusters, with, directed by Paul Feig, with the mm-hmm. all female cast. Like that, I think that's going to be fun. But what really drives me insane is like a, a, a Full House sequel and a Boy Meets World <laughs> sequel. We don't need like, those. Who, who, who is asking for those? Oh, it's kids who are in their twenties now that know how to use the internet that were five when these shows were on, and five year olds are dumb. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, it's something I think. I mean, I, I want to, I want to be on your side 100% on this thing. But there, there are just certain cases where, where I'm like, they're they're doing a limited series of the X Files. I'm like, yeah, it's great, of course. That's that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I'm not 100% like, I, but yeah, the X Files one's interesting though because the they have a chance to fix a broken cannon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Whereas you know. There's, there's no mythology to Full House. <laughs> How do you oh, know? You so just, says you just haven't you. researched enough. It's a very <laughs> deep and intricate mythology. Yeah, it's they have a several season-long arc trying to solve the mystery of who murdered Danny Tanner's wife. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it was Joey. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, it wasn't Joey. It was actually his witch, uh, Woodchuck puppet, but, uh, you know. He just went insane? It was actually Alanis Morissette. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's great, and we're done. That's what, it. What if they rebooted the Odd Couple? It's what we call Button. Yeah, no, they did that. You liked oh, it. Oh right? yeah. What if they rebooted Battlestar Galactica? The first Battlestar Galactica was bad. 
<laughs> so was the second one. So that's uh, <laughs> it's made. The secret is you pick something that's bad and then you reboot it and make it great. Like, you know, five years from now, there'll be a reboot of Outsource that's incredible. Uh, uh. The more we talk about this, the less sure I am of this. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. All I know, I think what my Bummer Patrol should be is, doesn't Hollywood have any new ideas? <laughs> Occasionally. Yeah. This, Occasionally, yeah. I guess they're not new, new, but all the superhero ones. There are some new ones. I've never seen Ant Man on TV before, or movie before. Yeah, but it's you know not it's new, based new. on a pre-existing thing. It's I you know I, I know where you're coming from. I had like my big moment, but where it just like broke for me was years back, standing in a movie lobby, just slack jawed, looking at the poster for the new Karate Kid. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? What are, what are who? Who wants this? Is this? I don't. Uh, like you could make a movie about a kid learning karate. You you could make a movie inspired by the Karate Kid. I don't know. It was very. I, I, I still exactly I still wake up at night. Going. I knew exactly where you were going with that before you even mentioned Karate Kid. That's how traumatizing that was to you. Is I remember how traumatized you <laughs> were. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was legitimately dumbfounded. Like, why are they? <laughs> is this a joke? Is it like? Is it April first? I don't. That was your Twitter feed for like two weeks straight. Oh, really? Did I? <laughs> uh, well, I'd like to apologize to my Twitter followers. Uh, in, in the end, I probably did more harm than good by letting people know that there was a Karate Kid remake. But, uh, you know, hey, I'll go ahead and do my Bummer Patrol now because it also involves being in a theater. I've never seen the first Karate Kid. No, you, um, just want to let everybody know. No, it's worth. You know, it's one of those things you have to watch. I'll just watch like, the remake. Culturally. Okay, sure. Yeah, <laughs> close <laughs> enough. Well, how about with RoboCop? Should I watch the original or the remake first? I hear the original is incredible. I have not seen it. I have seen neither, but I'm considering it after all of my robot stuff I've been watching. You have to watch I... the original just for how absurd it is and how awkward Ed 209 walks. <laughs> I, I do like the actor that is RoboCop. Can't remember his name though. Do, do you know Detroit has a legitimate RoboCop statue? What? Yes. Oh, did they? Are... Did they end up getting that? <laughs> I believe either there's plans for it, or they are getting one. E either way, there's only two cities, two major cities in America that have statues of <laughs> fictional figures, <laughs> and they're Detroit and Philadelphia. <laughs> I don't know. There's one near a uh, town nearby that has a Popeye the Sailor statue. Oh, really? Yeah, because Popeye, Popeye from there? No, no. There's a place that nope. makes spinach somewhere nearby. Popeye's from Chester, <laughs> Illinois. I know that because there's a statue of him in Chester, <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> people love putting statues of Popeye anywhere where spinach is popular. Just hope people go there and buy more spinach, even though that's just all a mistake anyway. That's not part of this. <laughs> There's also a statue of Superman in Metropolis, Illinois. Oh, that's but, true. <laughs> but <laughs> two major cities, Detroit and Philadelphia. Okay, go. The, the Detroit one doesn't make any sense. I don't understand. Like, like Philadelphia, I get. Like, Rocky is an inspiration. Many people, like, well-loved <laughs> by many. Uh, Rocky, uh, you know, it's great. People want to believe Rocky's real. Detroit is like, our our city's so crime-ridden that they had to invent a robot cop to clean up the streets. That's a good point. 
is Orlando a major city? Because they have a statue of Walt Disney and Mickey Mouse. Wait, well, it might be a child. Of these are real. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's not Mickey Mouse. Maybe he's just holding a child's hand and pointing at something. Either way, he's not real. Maybe he's just holding a, a severed hand like that statue from <laughs> the rest of development. <laughs> <sighs> okay, Bummer Patrol, Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, we're done. That's oh, it. Oh, no. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, right, sorry. Okay, uh, so last August, I go to the first screening of Guardians of the Galaxy, very low expectations. I'm like, all right, well, it's a comic book movie. I don't know. I don't really... Maybe I'm tired of these... Chris Pratt's in it. He seems fun. James Gunn's good director. I like some of his other work. I'll check it out. And I remember being completely and thoroughly just blown away within the first six minutes where, you know, Chris Pratt puts, puts the Walkman on and he's like dancing through the, the ruins of a other planet civilization. It's incredible. And I, it was the most fun I've had at the movies in a long time. And, it's, I, and there's the great Howard the Duck joke at the end of it out of nowhere. Like, why would they do that? Who knows? And it was, I, as soon as I walked out, I'm like, yeah, I, I stood in the parking lot with uh, my cousin and a friend. We talked about how great the movie was for as long as, it, as for the actual runtime of the movie, we spent talking about how great it was. Like, yeah, it was great. What, right? It's this, this and that. And I saw it two other times in the theater. But... Man, Guardians of the Galaxy was so good, it ruined a certain kind of film for me. There have been so many times in the past year that I walk out of a movie theater like, it was okay, it was a Guardians of the Galaxy. So, that's why Guardians of the Galaxy is my Bummer Patrol pick this week. Alright, that makes more sense. Because it's so good, it ruined big summer action movies. I can still, I feel like I'm still capable of going to a theater and enjoying uh, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. That was the first movie I'd gone to see since Guardians of the Galaxy, and I used the exact same sentence you just did, which was, that's the most fun I've had in a movie theater in a long time, mm-hmm. in reference to Guardians of the Galaxy. Ah, it's so good. It's too good, really. The, the the sequel has to be a disappointment, right? There's no way they can make it that good again. It doesn't make any sense. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> mm. They have a good title, though. They, like, they're officially calling it Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, so I'm on board with that. Oh, nice. Hey, guess what's in Milwaukee? Uh, oh, oh, it's a statue of Fonzie. Yes, it is. Found <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, a list. That, that, that one's still better than RoboCop, though. It's, the, <laughs> hey, this guy's really cool. Well, actually, no, it's not really the cool. <laughs> Like, this guy's really cool, but he's kind of a misogynist. He wasn't the greatest student, and he mooched off of his best friend's parents. Yay. That's true. There are a bunch of these. There's, uh, let's see, Ralph Cramden from the Honeymooners. Wait, whoa, where, where's this at? That's in New York. Can we can we just do a road trip where we go visit all these statues of fictional characters? <laughs> and get pictures of them. Yeah, the New York, New Jersey Port Authority bus terminal. Uh huh. Yeah, of course. Yeah, why not? Yeah, that makes sense. Exactly That's where that would be. be. Yeah, exactly. That's the one place where it should be. <laughs> uh, the Mary Richards from the Mary Tyler Moore Show. It's her catching a hat. Oh, nice. That's also that's in Minneapolis. Uh, Andy Taylor in North Carolina. He's with his kid walking around with fishing poles. Doctor huh. Bob Hartley from the Bob Newhart Show. There's even a statue couch you can lay on. That's crazy. That's in Chicago? Really? In the Navy Pier? Wow. 
I've never seen that. And Samantha Stevens in Salem, Massachusetts. I okay, that one seems like it's in bad taste, right? <laughs> <laughs> the citizens of the town or some of them objected because the witch trials were associated with the community were a tragedy that should not be trivialized. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can see where they're coming from. Well, this says some TV fans are upset because it takes place in Connecticut. <laughs> of course. The, nerd, the nerds are upset. <laughs> Actually. Exactly. <laughs> terrifying bear face around again. Although, I'm going to say, actually, the Ralph Cramden one should be at Cape Canaveral. To the moon, Alice! Ah. <laughs> <laughs> just on the moon. We should just place it up there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe just of Alice, then. Like, he finally did it. He got her to the moon. He, he hit his wife so hard. <laughs> a statue of her head on the moon. It was a different time. You, you see that Futurama episode where they think that space, <laughs> they think space travel was invented because of the... Oh, yeah. One of these days, Alice, wham, pow, pointing out the window to the moon. <laughs> On that note, uh, we're going to move forward with the show. Um, Going to play a little The Good, The Bad, and The Okay. Welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Okay. It is our occasional segment that we do sometimes where each of us are going to go around. We're going to name three things, usually movies, but they could be you know anything, books, TV, uh, different kinds of mustard, who knows. Uh, and we're going to declare one to be... Bad. Yep, mustard's all bad. Actually, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of mustard, but... I remember uh, my favorite mustard was this guy I went to high school with. His name was Dijon, but uh, everybody called him Mustard. And he seemed cool with it. It didn't seem like a bullying thing. He was like, hey, he, like, he even introduced himself like, I'm Dijon. Everybody calls me Mustard, though. I'm like, all right, Mustard. Okay. I knew someone named Gray once. That's a Mustard, right? Yeah, um, I don't know enough about Mustard to confirm that one way or the other. You don't think of T, and his name is Earl. Oh! Mm, right, Earl Gray. Uh, but yeah, three things. We're going to call one good, one bad, and okay. And maybe they'll be tangentially connected somehow through something. So, Ben, you want to uh, go first? Yeah, 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 okay. The reason we only do this sometimes is because you have to count on me having watched three different things instead of binge-watching one thing for weeks. And this is a rare occasion. I have actually watched four movies over the course what? of like two or three days. I know it's 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 weird. I'm gonna go probably after a couple more movies. Go right back to the TV show. Genre? Not genre. Media. Sure. I don't medium. Know. Medium. Yes, because it's singular. Uh, so, uh, I will say in advance that I would not really rank any of these as objectively bad or terrible. This is more of just a, my favorite one first, then my middle two are okay, and my least favorite one is bad. Because okay. the bad one was still at least somewhat enjoyable. It wasn't like, well, I guess the room is somewhat enjoyable, and I use that, but it's not enjoyable the way it was meant to be enjoyable. Anyway, so for the good, I watched all four Terminator movies that aren't in theaters right now, and I might watch the TV show because I hear some good things about that. Well, I, thought, I thought your whole I thought your whole thing was going to be Terminator related, but you're just saying the Terminator is good. Oh well, no, I want to go over some of the Terminator movies. I'm just saying in advance, this is all covering some Terminator stuff. Okay. So my uh, the good Terminator movie, I'm going to go with Terminator Two. Um, that is my favorite. 
It, no. Really? <laughs> I am a big fan of Terminator 1. I think it's the better film, but I understand that most people uh, feel differently. That's because 2 is better. Okay, it's sure. probably one of the best sequels of something. A lot of sequels mm -hmm. go bad. This was a really good sequel. It took the first stuff and then built on that and made stuff better. 2 is the one that most of the memorable stuff even comes from compared to the first one. Uh, you got a way cooler villain that can go to, like, liquid metal. Well, this this weird thing in all the movies where it's, or I guess except 4, where it seems the Terminator has to at least once drive some kind of big rig. That always happens, and I don't know why. Uh, the My least favorite thing about 2 was probably the kid, which is one of the main characters, but still. I found him really annoying and kind of screechy, and he cursed the S-word an awful lot. You know you know what movie he's not in is the original Terminator. He is not, but also the Robert Patrick is not in the original Terminator. And also the original Terminator could not shift into liquid and turn into the floor, which happened in T2. I'm not sure why that happened. I like that he could shift into different people and pretend to be them. He had, like, cooler abilities and just, oh, I'm a metal robot man. Uh, it was a better Terminator. Like, I mean, uh, actual, I guess, version of a Terminator. Because he was not easy to defeat. How do you defeat someone that can turn to liquid? Sure, yeah, the T-1000 is a newer model. It makes sense. Oh, hey, sorry. Um, one, one second. I'll just pause. Spectacular ringtone. <laughs> I that was not even a ring. My phone just started playing Danger Zone. It's not even oh. a ringtone. I, <laughs> oh, I thought it was actually to stop because you were gonna take a call. No, no, I, I, my phone was just going crazy. I was listening to Danger Zone earlier, and now this is the third time that I go to check a, a text message or something, and then Danger Zone just starts playing, which uh, I'm, I'm not opposed I'm not, to. Yeah, I'm glad that I'm not the only one that happens to where my iTunes will randomly start playing stuff. Yeah, it's weird. It's real, real wonky. Willy Wonky. Uh, well, that's what I like about two. I think the different environments are really cool. Where stuff happens. Well, of course, it's like it's a chase down like the L.A. streets. They get to go down like a drainage ditch for part of the chase, and it's, uh, the action actually still even holds up pretty well today. Some of the CG is a little bit weird, but not too weird that it's like too distracting. Uh, the insane asylum place was pretty cool. I liked that whole storyline, and then yeah, yeah, I, you're right, you're right. There's some, uh, there's some positive things to say about Terminator Two. It's not a bad movie. It's, it's a, a good it's okay. movie. Some people would say it's okay. I don't know. Well, those people are very incorrect because it's good. It's, it's kind of cool because it's it kind of has one foot in in two different worlds, uh, where it has the groundbreaking uh, Liquid Terminator CG. Uh, effects, but then it also has really cool practical effects that you don't see done as much these days. Yeah, I, I, I like that kind of stuff. And the CG, I guess they kind of had to do a little bit to make the person be liquid. They could have built a liquid Terminator if they had the time. Every time I saw it, I just it just made me think a little bit of the Capri Sun commercials. Oh, sure. <laughs> or or uh, the Secret World of Alex Mack. She was a Terminator. Did you know that? I did not know that. Mm, yeah, she's a T-1000. I still don't know why he could turn into the floor. I mean, I know they tried to give reasons behind it. Okay, also about the Terminator series in general. In one of the movies, someone says something about how they come through naked because only living tissue can go through. So why can the Terminator go through? I Well, hey, um, I don't, I'm not going to spoil it, but you should watch the new Terminator movie. Okay, That's... all right. <laughs> 
Because that was one thing that kind of bothered me. Like, yeah, you can't bring pants or a gun, but this metal guy can go through just fine. Even though they are made a little bit of living tissue, still. That liquid one was not made of living tissue. He was made of liquid. That's true. Also, hey, here's a problem with the beginning of Terminator 2. Uh, Robert Patrick comes, shows up through time, he disappears, and he encounters a cop and kills the cop and takes the uniform. But how it should have happened is he should have been just like a blob of metal or something, and then he sees Robert Patrick as a cop, and then he could have taken his form. Because he can turn into anybody. It just doesn't make sense that he's always Robert Patrick. That's a little bit of what I wanted, too. I mean, I didn't really care if he came out came as a blob. Maybe you can't do that. You have to at least look living or something. If he looked at something else and then turned into Robert Patrick the cop, I would have been cool mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. After a while, I actually forgot and had to go back and make sure that's not what happened. But it wasn't. Uh, I can't remember what my le one of my least favorite things that wasn't the kid was. Can't really remember now. I just like the different environments they did and how. Uh, the oh, also how there was a little bit of since I, I actually knew very little about these movies, they subverted my expectations pretty early on. When both Terminators come through, you assume, oh, okay, Arnold's going to be the bad one again. But he's not. He ends up being the good guy. And yeah, Patrick you're right. Just as a cop is bad. Mm hmm. I'm like, oh, man, they got me. I wasn't expecting that because I didn't know that. that. I was always confused why at the end, like, everyone's sad that the Terminator dies. I'm like, yeah, well, I get he's a bad guy, but still, whatever. No, he, he's he's uh, <laughs> he's John Connor's, like, robotic father figure. Uh, anyway, I have a problem with the timeline, too. It kind of depends on how the time stuff works. If there are multiple different timelines you make whenever you change stuff or not. But uh, maybe that's for later on. So do I do my bad? I don't remember how this works. Um, okay, uh, yeah, it's good, bad, and then okay, which doesn't make sense. Seems like it should be like a scale that goes from good, okay, to bad. But Well, blame it on the movie. Yep. Uh, well, I guess ugly is worse than bad, so it's more that it's more our fault. <laughs> That's true. Like most things, it is our fault. <laughs> but how many movies are like different from bad and ugly? Most, most are the same if they're one or the other. All right, so the bad... I want to say, well, it wasn't actually bad. It just was my least favorite by a lot. Uh, Terminator 4, I guess Terminator Salvation is what it's called. Christian yes. Bale plays John mm -hmm. Connor, and it takes his place in the Future Wars, which is my least favorite part of any of the other movies whenever they show that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it works as a plot device where you have one or two scenes set there during the film. Yeah, the, just conceptually, it seems like a misstep every that everything about it. That would be like if Back to the Future two took place largely in 2015 well that would be awesome okay to be fair <laughs> that would be cool well see you know i was okay with that because it was still like a normal place this movie was kind of like if fallout was a movie and every bad guy was a robot and it was mm -hmm. bad okay yeah and it was bad sure yeah. i didn't like that everything was just always destroyed i mean there was a little bit of frame of reference but it's too apocalyptic walking dead at least everything still looks somewhat like what it's supposed to be same with uh, a lot of Fallout stuff. You can tell what a lot of it is. This movie was mostly dirty and grimy, and Michael Ironside had a part, but his part wasn't very big. Uh, Christian Bale did almost his Batman voice as John Connor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's this he, whole. Uh, he yelled at a he yelled at like a, a cameraman or something. I think maybe a lighting guy. Am I allowed to talk about this movie with spoilers or no? At Terminator Salvation. I don't. I. I feel like enough time's passed. I don't know. Woot, uh, have you, are you saving Terminator Salvation? Do you uh, want to avoid any plot details? No. 
I, I wasn't really planning on seeing it, so go, go right ahead. Oh, good. Okay. Well, spoiler alert for everyone else out here who's listening later. Uh, I would recommend just not watching it. I never watched it. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah, that's totally okay to not watch it. It's not super important. It doesn't even explain what I thought it would explain. See, taking place in the future Robot Wars, I thought it would at least have the part where John Connor's like, hey, Kyle Reese, go back in time and do this. That didn't happen. Uh, near the end, John Connor looks like he's dying, but of course he can't because in I think like three they say that Terminator kills him. Or not, not I mean, or one of the uh, one of the Terminators kills him that gets sent back in time for three since one and two dies. I don't know, but all right. So at the start, there's this other guy who's on death row in whatever modern times it is. Then I think like soon before the big nuke goes off, which happens in three. And uh. Helena Bottom Carter is there for some reason and trying to get the guy to donate his body to science. And he's like, oh, I don't want to. I did bad stuff. I don't deserve to help people or something. It didn't make any sense. He didn't deserve to live on by saving people with his body parts, which I don't know how he's being killed that wouldn't hurt the body parts. I thought he was lethal injection, but that would kill the parts too, I guess. Anyway, then like he's in the, he somehow he's suddenly in the future and there's no explanation for a long time, and you're confused. He meets up with, like, Kyle Reese and some mute child that isn't really relevant to the story for some reason. There's, like, a giant robot, like, Transformer size. They're, like, little flying drones. And I'm wondering why they didn't send any of these back in time. Because they would have been kind of cool to have. I mean, or they would have been a lot easier to kill who they needed to kill with a giant Transformer size robot. I don't know how big the time travel machine is. Uh, and then they're, like... It flashes back to John Connor stuff, and it's more like just watching a war movie, which I don't really care for those that much. I kind of wanted to watch a robot comes into the city and like kill stuff movie, Unstoppable Force. But they're all nameless robots and different types of robots. There's not like a robot personality anywhere. And then, twist, it turns out that guy who was the killer on death row and is now suddenly in the future is half robot, half human somehow. No, oh, no. He has Some a type real of heart. hybrid. Yeah, he has a real heart and like a robot heart, and like all the humans are up against him. I thought John Connor would at least be a little bit okay because the guy believes he's human, and John Connor in the past as a child has made robot friends. That's not a new thing for him. It's happened twice. You know, sure, depending on what timeline you're going with. Well, I assume it's like the same one because the way three ends. Hmm. The way three ends, uh, I'll get to that in the okay section. But, uh, oh, I've not seen three, so if we could avoid any details oh, yeah. on the ending of three. Okay, I, I can do that one. But three's not that great either. But it's it's better than four, so that's why. Three was going to be my okay until I had time, or my bad, until I was able to finish four in time. Well, uh, then, then what was going to be okay? Because one. the first one is good. No, what's it's, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Whoa! <laughs> It's not just okay. It's okay compared to two to me. Uh, agree to disagree. Well, I'm not there yet. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Well, at the end, like the the killer guy is like dying. He's a robot. Everyone likes him now for some reason. But he ends up living because he's also a robot. Even though he had his heart stabbed, he got back brought back to life with electric shock or something. I don't really understand what happened. Well, John Connor almost died from some robot. There was a part where the. Uh, because they're in like the, the facility, the robot facility or something, and out steps uh, the robots from the main movies. All the which ones are they called? The Arnold Schwarzenegger robots. Those, and it's really creepy because his face is CG, but the rest of him isn't. 
it's not as creepy as the baby in the Twilight movies, but it's still really creepy. Did not like that. And then at the end, uh, John Connor got stabbed through the heart and is going to die. And so the guy who didn't want to donate his body to science before will donate his human heart to save John Connor for some reason. I don't know. I didn't much like it. Was, it was decent action, but it's hard to watch hmm. a movie that... Some action is based on like destroying stuff. A lot of movies have done that kind of thing. Everything's already pre-destroyed. I will continue not watching Terminator Salvation. That is very much okay. I'm glad I stopped at T3 Rise of the Machines. I thought that one was okay. Speaking of okays. Well, I think T3 is okay. Uh, I can't talk about it much, but I thought they tried to do two again. But the Terminator, I thought, was less cool. And less creative uses of the Terminator. And I don't know. I, I thought it, was, it wasn't bad. But I, I don't think it was as good as two was. Also, I thought mm. one was better than three, but not as good as two. Mostly one, I was zoned out for most of it. It might just, I don't know if it's because when I saw it, I don't know if that matters at all. Or that I thought his fake head looked a little bit weird every time I saw it. And uh, it was way more 80s feel than I expected. Is that what 80s New York is like? Because it, it seems like that in everything I see, where everyone's super punky all the time. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say that's an accurate depiction of 80s in New York. I've heard that uh, that movie called this sort of like a futuristic noir movie. Sort of. I don't know. I there was a weird like love scene that I wasn't expecting. Uh, it started off sort of like a horror film and then turned into a sci-fi action film later on. I know it's so cool. Yeah, I I don't like much sci-fi horror put together. So that didn't help. Later on, it's sci-fi ah. action. I'm okay with sci-fi action. Sci-fi horror, I'm like, oh, okay. I kind of liked the, this part where they were killing multiple people named Sarah Connor around the city. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But then, eh, it was okay. Okay, so... Why am I supposed to love it more, though? What am I, what am I missing? It's uh, the... Well, I mean, the, the reasons why you love it less are the exact same reasons why I like it more. The... That it plays more like a science fiction horror film. There's a really there's there's a, the, the tension. There's some good tension um, and the general '80s vibe to everything. The soundtrack is great. That's true. Maybe and the the I practical effects. There's some really cool shots where like the Terminator's cutting his arm open and then like adjusting the. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I like that one and the one where they had to change a thing in his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like there's some one. really, some really cool like '80s special effects in it, and uh, I did I think like the ending. Fix his eye. I think the ending to Terminator One is really strong. It's one of my favorite endings to to a film. That was pretty good. I, I thought it was kind of weird that uh, Kyle Reese just used bombs over and over. That that was his solution to everything at the end. Mm-hmm. He's a bomb yeah, on bombs. this. He was able to throw a bomb into the tailpipe of a speeding semi as he stood still. I know. He's that cool. (laughs) No. No, he's that lame and weird. That doesn't make any sense. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. But you're you're okay. You're saying uh, T2, Judgment Day, is good. Terminator Salvation's bad. And Terminator 1 is okay? Or Terminator 3? Well, I think they're both okay, but 1 is better than 3. And it's just a little bit below 2. Okay. All right. Very good. 
Uh, Woot, uh, you've uh, you've remained mostly quiet. Do you have strong opinions <laughs> on what's better, Terminator One or Two? Uh, I I've only seen the first two a handful of times. I I'll give Ben the benefit of the doubt because I do like T Two, but I think I probably like the original better. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, all right, that's good. I that's the answer I, I was hoping I for. Quiet because I haven't seen anything other than those two. <laughs> like all I remember about T uh, Three Rise of the Machines is how incredibly Conan lambasted it. <laughs> <laughs> Because that was at the same time, that movie was coming out at the same time that Arnold Schwarzenegger was challenging then-governor of California, Gray Davis, to a runoff election. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> so every night on Conan, he would do his weird thing where he, he would drag a TV uh, out and someone there'd be a, a photo of Arnold and someone would uh, be the lips of Arnold and talking about the election. Like, but after you go home... <laughs> Make sure you go see my movie, Teeth and Rise of the Machines. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's oh, what I remember yeah. about it because it was just a glorious like month and a half of Conan. Ah, <laughs> uh, I do, I do remember that. That's uh, that late night show was so great. I, I'm still a fan of what Conan's doing now, but there was just something about that late night show. I, maybe, maybe it's where I was. The fact that I was in high school and I was watching it every night, but. It's real, real good times, especially um, the uh, the writer strike. When uh, one of my favorite things, I'm actually um, cannibalizing a future happy hour, is uh, Conan uh, during the big writer strike during season four of Lost. That's how we all remember when it happened. Yes, absolutely. Because it seems like Lost wasn't going to happen that year, <laughs> and uh, the. For some weird contract thing, the the talk show host had to go back before the the writer strike was solved. So Conan's just hanging. Like those those writer strike shows are some of my favorite hours of television, where it's him hanging out without not really having a monologue, uh, doing weird things. Where he's like, "All right, I'm gonna spin my wedding ring on this desk and see how long it goes for." <laughs> He was like, like climbing up in the Raptor. Like I've never, I, we've been in the studio for ten years. I've never been up in the Raptors. We're going there tonight. It's it's magical how much good came out of that writer strike. We were all so terrified of that, but it probably turned Lost better because it forced them to get an exit strategy. Absolutely, um, yeah, it really. Doctor Horrible sing along blog was a product of the writer strike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of a lot of great things came out of there. Messed up a couple shows. I just can't remember what they are now. Uh, season five of The Wire. Oh, uh, was that a uh, victim? Yeah, I mean, still, it's still pretty good, but uh, you can tell like two episodes in, all the writers are like, "Ah, oh, crap, we need to, <laughs> we need to hustle this now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um, yeah. In fact, I think season four of Lost is probably better for it because it's. Uh, it's more it's more truncated, and then you get to the end, and I, the last like four or five episodes of season four, it just goes. Yeah, whereas the it's it's end loaded because the first like five or six leading up to when they knew the writer strike was going to happen are pretty. They they set the pace, and then everything they put in the can for when the writer strike started was unbelievable. The month break after the month break when it starts with uh, um. The Shape of Things to Come, from that till the end, it's gold. Oh, yeah, oh man, The Shape of Things to Come. Uh, maybe, maybe my personal top five lost episodes, I don't because, know. Yeah, because remember, there was a month break between Meet Kevin Johnson and that episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Ah, man. 
Lost Guys. It's pretty good. You should go back and check it out. Although, I don't know if watching it now would have the same effect if you're just like watching five episodes of nine Netflix. So, I've heard go back some in people. time and watch it as it airs and download the podcast and get on the <laughs> get on the get on the forums that could change the timeline that's fine or make Probably a new for timeline what if happy cast would never exist if that happened oh yeah there's a yeah somewhere on like earth 37 lost is in its uh, what, what, what season would it be now it lost is in its um, 11th. 11th season <laughs> and lost and lock still going strong but um, that is not the world we live in. We live in Earth Prime, where we're currently recording a podcast. So my my good, bad, and okay picks this week, although we haven't done this in 10 weeks, so who knows when we'll do it again. Uh, they're all uh, late sequels to 80s action franchises. That's, nice. the, theme, that's the theme I went for. Although... Uh, you know, action franchises. I, the first movie, the good movie, is Rocky Balboa. I know what you're saying. Is Rocky an action movie? Yeah, sure, yeah. What better action can you have than a man what punches another man in the face a bunch of times? It's all the action you need. <laughs> I've never seen that. I have a, I, 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 I really have a lot of uh, love for the Rocky franchise, Ben. But as your friend, I'm going to tell you to stay clear. I don't think there's any enjoyment for you to have. Why not? Uh, you know, just uh, knowing, knowing uh, the things you're into and the the things that kind of turn you off of uh, films that don't really aren't really in your wheelhouse. I just I could be wrong. Maybe you should check out the first one because the first one uh, is a classic. It still holds up. It won Best Picture and for good reason. Is it because I don't like Russians? It's because you hate <laughs> Russians. Although, <laughs> although you know you get to Rocky Four and spoiler alert that Russian doesn't beat Rocky. What? Rocky wins. <laughs> Yeah, Rocky, Rocky hit this Russian guy in the chest so hard it ended the Cold War. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just skip to that one. <laughs> that, that is one of the better Rocky sequels, in my opinion. Maybe you can just watch what the reboot one, or the, was it reboot or five? Which one was it supposed to be? Nope. Rocky nope. Balboa. No, don't watch Rocky <laughs> I'll five. I'll just oh, watch man. that one. <laughs> Ooh. I normally tell people, watch the first two seriously, because those are classics, and the rest of them, watch them as the caricature that Rocky slowly becomes. (laughs) Yeah, where in the fourth one, he has a robot butler. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, he's a talking robot. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that existed. Uh, That's that's how I feel until you get to Rocky Balboa, which I, I have a lot of reverence for also, because I remember seeing that in the theater when it came out. And I was fully, fully invested. I see. I I know how movies work. I I know I know screenwriting. I know I know like structure to story. But I was on the edge of my seat, like, oh come on, Rocky, don't! Like I my my leg was was uh, nervously tapping. Like I just don't know if Rocky's gonna do it this time. Um, but the cool thing about Rocky Balboa, I think, is it, it feels like it's um, Sylvester Stallone who uh, is, wrote wrote the, the film. Rest in peace, uh, Sylvester Stallone's <laughs> career. The Expendables 3 really didn't hit the way he wanted it to. Escape Plan? Escape Plan, which um, is an okay movie. To me, which means most people will probably hate it. Because I'm kind of I'm kind of the key demographic for that. I thought it was kind of fun. Yeah, hey, it's fun, but it's, it could have been better. Like, you know, you get Schwarzenegger and you get Stallone <laughs> together in a prison break movie. It should be 
better than the final product was. It should have been more escaping. Exactly, more planning. more planning. Yeah. There was neither one of those. I mean, there was a little bit of those, but it wasn't enough. But uh, yeah, Rocky Balboa, written and directed by Sly Stallone. It came out in 2005, I believe. And this this is after after Rocky V. Uh, the Rocky, 1990, Rocky V came out and killed the franchise almost. It was on life support. It, it just, people, you stayed away from it for a long time. Stallone comes back and he writes this new Rocky movie. And I, th- I think it just perfectly kind of puts, puts a cap on the whole Rocky franchise. And it seems like he's doing a lot of kind of uh, self-evaluation, which I've talked about on the show before, and I'll keep this brief, where uh, you, got, you have a lot of scenes of Rocky like, uh, you know, I'm just not as good as I used to be. Uh, maybe it was a fluke. Maybe I shouldn't be where I am today. And you, like, I remember in the theater as, um, as, as, a, as a teenager, like 17 years old, like feeling like, oh, is he like? It feels like Stone's working through some stuff. Like this is like somewhat biographical. Like uh, people, <laughs> people think I'm a hero, but it's just dumb luck. I, I, I'm not what they think I am. I, yeah, I, I, uh, uh, I, I, yeah, just it broke my heart. Like it broke my heart. Just. Uh, you know, and it's, you know, it's not great. It's, you know, I, I struggle with it. It's a movie that I, I really, really enjoy. Uh, but, you know, I'll, I'll hear the criticism. I'll hear people criticize. I'm like, yeah, that's fair. But at the same time, I, I felt like it was a great redemption after Rocky Five, which is one of the worst things I've ever seen. Man, Rocky Five, what happened there? Um... It's cool. It's cool. Uh, you know, they they managed to take the franchise and modernize it, and it was kind of an epilogue to Rocky's story, or so you thought. Because now uh, you've got this this Thanksgiving Creed coming out. Rocky's back, and this time he's playing the Burgess Meredith role. It looks so good. It does look so good. Uh, I've watched that trailer several times now. Way too many I'll, times. I think I spent I'll, an entire day at work. I will. I will be it. there. I will be there. A one. Uh, I just had the biggest grin on my face. Uh, you've got Michael <laughs> B. Jordan, like, in the restaurant, like, pointing at the pictures, like, I heard you and Apollo had a third fight behind closed doors. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. That was great. <laughs> ding, ding. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the end of Rocky Three. It's right, beautiful. So ben, have you, have, ben, have you seen any Rocky movies? I have never, terror? never seen any of those. Uh, what have I seen? I saw some reviews of the Rocky movies. <laughs> okay. but not the okay. movie okay. <laughs> I mean like I what watched the... a video review Some people did oh, I thought you were just like flipping through a newspaper like hmm yes yeah, <laughs> a review of Rocky <laughs> a newspaper from 1976 <laughs> yeah <laughs> well I, I keep one from every uh, date that Rocky came out just so I can read the reviews I do uh, one of my favorite things is when the first Rocky came out and Set the world on fire. It's great. One best picture. Uh, there, there, and some. So, so I don't know. I don't know where this took place. What format it was. But uh, I, I remember Roger Ebert famously uh, somewhere said that uh, that uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone was the next Marlon Brando, uh, and I, I get a lot of joy from that even today. Uh, so Rocky Balboa is good, uh, and then if we're looking at other action franchises that they just keep churning out sequels way way longer than they should have, uh, the fifth Die Hard movie, A Good Day to Die Hard, is a bad movie. Just really, really bad. Oh man, that's 
which is weird because I like the fourth one a lot. Uh, Live free or die hard. Uh, there was a cool, there's a cool villain, Timothy Oliphant, whose name sounds suspiciously similar like, to Elvin. Uh, that's the only <laughs> reason you talked know. about Die Hard was because you got no, a chance. <laughs> no, no, I talk about Die Hard a lot, Ben. It's been a while. Uh, but it's really unfortunate. The only benefit of a good day to, to the Die Hard, the only silver lining is I'm hoping that it can be the Rocky Five of the Die Hard franchise and they'll come out with the the sixth movie that's going to just put the perfect uh, ending to the John McClane saga. It's going to be Die Hardest and John McClane <laughs> goes to he goes to Space. Japan. Oh. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's bad. It's I couldn't watch it. I, I rented it on DVD. I watched about the first 30 minutes, and the action scenes weren't very well shot. The acting was terrible. The guy playing his son uh, just has... He, 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 I, would, I won't even say that he didn't have charisma. He was like a black hole where charisma goes to die. That's, <laughs> that's how bad this performance was. So are we talking like Hayden Christensen? Bad? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It was it was it was as if uh, George Lucas was brought on set to just direct John McClane's son. I tried watching it, and I don't even remember seeing John McClane as far as I'd gotten. I thought I made it ten or fifteen minutes, and it was all just military and Russians or something. Yeah, yeah. And you John know how McClane I am about to, Russians. Goes, yeah, you hate Russians. <laughs> he goes to Russia to help his wayward son, and. The poster was just Bruce Willis's bald head, and it said "Yippee Kaye, Mother Russia," and I, <laughs> it could have been so great. Uh, and last, lastly, um, keeping this keeping this ball rolling, uh, there was a new Terminator movie, Terminator Genesis, uh, recently released. Uh, really, like the the reviews have been savage. Just not a very well liked movie among critics. Uh, I saw it. Uh, opening night, and I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was a lot of fun. I won't uh, talk any specifics to spoil, to spoil it for Ben, but I, I, you know, for what it was, like kind of, there's it's a little bit goofy, but uh, I think there's some fun to be had there if you go in with the right mindset. Uh, I might even say it's my second favorite Terminator movie after the first one. Uh, why don't you like two? <laughs> I don't not like to. What? It's no, just... I just want to know what is wrong with two, so I can try the to kid. picture it too. The kid, the kid, man. I agree with just... the kid. <laughs> but he, I thought almost... Robert Patrick he... overshadowed the kid. Mm. No, we're talking about the the 2001 Bruce Willis movie, The Kid, where he meets his younger <laughs> self, right? That's yeah. Hey, we okay. came up before uh, several weeks ago on a f- <laughs> previous Good Bad Okay, wasn't it? Probably. Oh, because I talked about uh, Twelve Monkeys, and I was trying to figure out like there were three Bruce Willis time travel movies. Mm, okay, yeah, yeah, and the kid. Sure, you got your Twelve Monkeys, you got Looper, and the kid. And big. It's not. First of all, there's so many <laughs> things wrong with that statement. <laughs> not Bruce fact, Willis. Not the time travel. Version of Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna remake that with. Uh, they're gonna remake Big, although it's gonna be it's gonna be Bruce Willis, and he's he's like an adult man, but he's only three feet tall, and he wishes to be big, but then he ends up being like a giant. Ooh, I would watch that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that how they're gonna do? Oh, I guess they're probably not gonna do that guy anymore. There's a guy in the Justice League that was Native American, that could grow and shrink. I know it's on Super Friends. Oh right, Apache Chief. Yeah. Yeah, I bet they're not gonna do that movie. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna do an Apache <laughs> Chief movie if that's what you're suggesting. It is. They probably won't. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I can't imagine any world where that would happen. But uh, yep, that's it. Uh, Rocky Balboa, Good Day to Die, Good Day to Die Hard, and Terminator Genesis, which is they spell it really uh, dumbly, but uh, it's whatever, <laughs> it's fine. I guess the sis is supposed to be like system. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a reason why it's spelled that way, but it's still, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Wootnader, do you do you have uh, any any uh, good or bad or okay uh, movies you'd like to talk about? Or anythings. Oh, or yeah, anything. Or anything. Sandwiches. I was about to say, <laughs> to say movies. Uh, we might want to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> I did come up with something. Ooh. So I'm, I'm going to do good, bad, and okay Assassin's Creed games. Oh, okay. oh excellent. So... Uh, it's it's no secret that I used to be, keyword, used to be a huge, 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 huge AC fanboy. I thought it had one of the coolest stories in games, and I don't think that anymore. <laughs> oh, well, wh- which one's the good, then? Uh, the good, the best one is Assassin's Creed 2. Yep. Well, I like 2 and Brotherhood. I have a hard choice deciding Bro- between the two. Yeah, Bro- Brotherhood is good, Yeah, but if I'm going with... If good is my best option... <laughs> it is. This is so confusing. <laughs> if if good is number one, it's AC2. It, it opened up the story. It opened up the gameplay. Ezio was actually likable. Oh, yeah. Even though, even though AC2 made Altair more likable. That, that was kind of weird how they did that. And... I don't, it was just it was very well written and it's I, I thought I was going to see that kind of game for like 10 years as they expanded the mythology and it only carried on for about three or four more games and the locations were uh, more interesting too like Venice and Florence yeah it, it, Italy was awesome you know AC1 was pretty cool being able to go to Jerusalem and Acre yeah but, uh, yeah AC2 it's my my number one pick so I agree Assassin's Creed games fantastic game and it left you with the best cliffhanger ever like oh i can't wait (laughs) the next game comes out i wonder when it's gonna be because at that point in 2009 the last game had come out in 07 so people thought it was gonna be a two-year wait and then we found out oh no there's another one coming in november and that ended up spelling doom for the franchise (laughs) uh which one's the bad then uh, the bad, my least favorite, is the one that killed my love of the franchise, Assassin's Creed 3, which is three mm-hmm. games later. Yeah, 3 did mess stuff up there. <laughs> yeah. 3 is pretty bad. I was extraordinarily excited for this. The American Revolution was the perfect setting. The protagonist was the perfect choice. I loved that the tomahawk was a weapon to use. That was really cool. And then they just butchered it. <laughs> they just butchered it. <laughs> The, I mean, the, the tree climbing was a cool mechanic to add in, but the, the present day story was awful. Uh, they, they just, they rushed everything because they had this built in deadline of December 21st, 2012 to get to. Yeah. Now, albeit they wrote themselves into a corner, but they also <laughs> wasted so much time doing nothing. Uh, well, I, I didn't like Connor that much. I thought he was kind of more less charismatic, I guess. He was kind of bland, you know. I mean, it's it's a big come down coming from Ezio and having three games and an animated movie and two handheld games of him. <laughs> but uh, Con- Connor had the basis of a good character, but they tried to turn around AC3 so quickly after Revelations. That I think mean, I mean I would have rather them just waited a year. I didn't care that it had to come out before December 2020. Yeah. 
Like I would have been okay suspending my disbelief that it wasn't 2013. (laughs) (laughs) But my hopes were so high for that. And there are some really good points to that game, but uh, the the ending of it just ruined it for me because I, it started a string of uh, events in motion that have just ruined the mythology for it. And it had such a cool mythology. It had an X-Files and a lost type of mythology from the first one, two, three, four games. It also had like an X-Files mythology type downfall where it just kind of falls apart at a certain point. It's like, I, it almost, it was so good for a while. And then it all turned to dust in my yeah. hands. And it has a lot to do with Ubisoft, too. Like, they just, they saw, oh, man, people love buying this game. Let's milk it for everything we have and ruin our core game mechanics. I thought their future ones still got okay, at least. They weren't, I mean, 3 is my least favorite by far. And then 4 and Rogue were were very different types of games. I thought Unity was still pretty fun. I I like Rogue. I like Black Flag. Those are are still pretty good. But uh, I can't get over how the mythology was just... That's Rent. true. I'm, I'm hoping just, they're trying to bring it back rants. up eventually. Yeah, but the the idea for this new one, Victorian England, I, I, I saw three minutes of the like intro video where they show the first gameplay of it. I was like, nope, there's no way that people were chasing around on horse and buggies like it was GTA. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and I haven't played Unity. I've heard awful and some good things about it, but the French Revolution should have been the best game of the series most of the awful stuff i hear is people who played it on pc where there were tons of glitches and that uh, that's a problem with their yearly release cycle is that their most companies ports for pc are awful anymore like Uh, arkham what's the latest batman arkham knight arkham knight yeah yeah i've heard that too but uh well since i play on console i have i had very few problems with unity and i felt like it was a nice upswing from three and it wasn't on a boat i like the boat stuff but i didn't really want to be on a boat again i like being able to run across the entire city and the assassinations got more like complex you could do some cooler things to set stuff up not quite as much as hitman of course but a little bit more hitman-y hitman. yeah i missed the rooftops i missed the rooftops and using free running to like solve things oh uh, yeah they, they do still have some of that and the murder mysteries are pretty fun in unity i like doing that mysteries yeah see i haven't played that one so i can't be a, a true judge on that but... i think that one's worth it uh yeah. one of my problems with three since we're still on bad is it felt more like it was just a tour of events of things that happened in the american revolution and not just that like he was there it's like oh look oh yeah we, oh, this thing happened he, he needs to be there for that thing mm-hmm. yeah the, he, he was basically uh forest gumping yeah call it. <laughs> yeah pretty <laughs> like, much oh the forest gump of the american revolution <laughs> yeah. basically like oh valley forge where a bunch of you know uh con- or continental troops almost died connor was there and he helped save them crossing the delaware he was in the boat like, like, oh guess what he was on wait, all wait, was he? wait he, i didn't get that far in the game he was crossing oh, the delaware he was no, in the they, boat they never showed it in the game but there's oh, a, okay I can't, there's like a pre-game video where they keep showing all of these historical events that he was written out of and one of them's like crossing the delaware the other one's like signing the declaration of independence what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah there was like a cutscene where you're just there for no reason you just happen to be in the city as it happens like, okay, yeah, we didn't actually do Philadelphia, so let's just go on back to the stuff you can do. 
Yep. You're just there for it. And you were on the ride with Paul Revere. You were uh, at the Boston <laughs> Massacre and the Boston Tea Party. You were one of the ones dumping the tea. And the problem is that most, like, the American Revolution is such an awesome and interesting period, but our schools do such a terrible job of explaining it. True. So, And the game does no, <laughs> does nothing to help it. I mean, not that it should, it's a game. I think they but... did do one good thing was that there are bad people on both sides in this game. Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. They did that. I was happy that it wasn't just, look, all the British are evil. Yeah, even though, okay, I have to explain you, the worst mission in the history of games Wow. Ever, period. <laughs> it's the second to last one of the game, I'm pretty sure, where you have to chase Charles Lee through a crowd in Boston. Oh, that sounds familiar. And it is terrible design. If you let him, you, there's a crowd everywhere that's programmed to bump into you and knock you off your course. <laughs> and um, Charles Lee is programmed on rails, basically, to not get hit by any of them. And if you somehow let, let him get 10 feet ahead of you, insta fail. Oh, yeah. It, it took... was miserable. It took me like an hour and a half. I was like, why am I doing this? Why am I torturing <laughs> myself with this awful game? They tried to change a lot of that for Unity 2 with that kind of thing. And also, there are way fewer tailing missions in Unity. Oh, thank you. There were fewer tailing missions in Rogue, too. They, yeah, they already started winding I mean, them down there. That was I thought, I thought Rogue was a really good story. I, I genuinely liked Rogue because you get to be a Templar. I thought it was a better story than Black Flag, which is mostly, I'm a pirate. Oh, this assassin stuff? Whatever. I'm a pirate. And there was barely any assassin stuff at the very That's end. That's exactly like, how he sounds. I'm a yeah, pirate. Pretty, pretty much. <laughs> pirate stuff. Yeah, like by, by the end, like, the assassins, I think, don't even really like you that much, and you're just still a pirate. I'm like, oh, well, I guess that was an Assassin's Creed game. That was just a pirate game. Then Rogue, like, okay, this is a boat Assassin's Creed game. Or like half the game, you're an assassin, then like, oh, wait, I don't like them anymore. I'll be bad now. But the bad guys seem good. What? Yeah, that's something that they should have brought in like five games ago. Yeah. <laughs> Is that they're, bo they're both fighting for the same goals for very, very similar ideologies. They just differ on one thing, and they've been waging a three-millennia-long war. <laughs> yeah, just freedom or order. <laughs> How about both, guys? Just team up. The Temple Assassins. That's exactly where the series is heading. If you know anybody, have a brain can kind of decipher. Like, <laughs> oh, eventually they're gonna pull together, and the power of teamwork's gonna save the Earth from these. Uh, what are they called? First, civ the yeah, first civilization, <laughs> who are not aliens. I've been playing too much Halo, and almost called them the Forerunners. But uh, yeah, the first civilization, the ones that are what, like they modeled Juno and all of those yeah, goddesses so after. Before anyone starts to think that they're aliens, because they're not aliens, the first civilization were the first beings on Earth, but they have uh, different biology than humans. They sped up the evolution of Homo sapiens so they could enslave humans that were smart enough to do their slave work with these pieces of Eden. Yeah, the lore's but, weird. <laughs> but 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 they did. But they designed humans in a way where there there's a a, um, a neurotransmitter in their brain that responds to piece of Eden. But humans that mated with members of the first civilization don't have that neurotransmitter. <laughs> so those people get eagle vision and they're able to see their surroundings <laughs> and stuff. Really weird when they actually say it out loud. <laughs> now, Brian, explain explain Halo to us. You're a uh, spaceman what shoots aliens in the face with a gun, and uh, there are these rings. That what about are, the uh, Alien weapons. Civil War and Forerunners and the Didact? Yeah, the Forerunner. Yeah, you got the Didact. Oh, well, that's Halo 4. That's the garbage. librarian. Don't pay too much attention to that. Halo yeah, 4 is the Assassin's Creed 3 of Halo games. 
I actually had some fun playing Halo 4, and I had very little fun playing Assassin's Creed 3. I just want to use Brian's description for Ace Assassin's Creed now. Uh, you're a guy that just stabs other guys in the face. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, pretty or much. Or the back, or the neck. Uh, and, and if you're Ezio, sometimes you'll stab the same guy like five times real real, real quick in succession, just in a <laughs> row. Like, the first one seemed pretty good, but mm, all right, four more just to be safe. <laughs> Wait, so was Assassin's Creed 3 the Rocky 5 of Assassin's Creed games? Mm. Just to bring it back around? I'd say it's the Rocky 4 because it's the most historically revisionist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm, I, I go against the grain. I'm not a Rocky 4 fan, and I get some major crap about that. <laughs> no, it's a, it's, a, it's a silly movie. I, I won't fault anybody for not liking Rocky 4. <laughs> It's always an example. Like I think it came up in just about every one of my history classes in college, <laughs> like in my Cold War history class. Like, look at how silly Americans were. <laughs> they thought they could end the Cold War by punching it in the chest. Why not? We're American. <laughs> exactly. So what's your okay? <laughs> oh yeah, no. my okay is uh, one that got terrible reviews when it came out, but uh, Assassin's Creed Revelations. The last of the Ezio trilogy. Yeah, that's okay. I, I yeah, yeah. When I first I played it, I was kind of disappointed because it was so short. Yeah. But after going back and playing it a couple more times, I've come to really like it. It, it had one of the most inventive things of the series, a bomb crafting screen that they never went back to. Yeah, that was kind of weird. I didn't really like the bomb stuff. I, I learned about it, and then I never used them unless I had to for... I, yeah, I sink. used the distraction one most of the time. I didn't use them that much either because you could play the game without using them. But it was an interesting idea that they just were like, eh, we're, we're done. No yeah. more. But, and thank God that they didn't go back to the tower defense because that oh. was. <laughs> but I only had to do that once, too. I was able to beat the game with only having to do that once. I think I had to do all of it to get all the achievements that I wanted. Oh, yeah. I never went through the. Uh... The 100% for that one. Oh, I hate when they shoehorn tower defense into stuff. Yeah. Uh, There's a, a decent story. It wraps up Ezio and Altier. And... Old CO. Yeah. <laughs> He's very old. He's very old. Way too old to be climbing up buildings and jumping off. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> well, yeah, I recommend Unity, though. I think it tries to bring it back to the roots a little bit, and it's it works for me at least. And I hear it works for most people now that all the patches have been in. Let's go. As soon as I upgrade to the next generation, I will give it a shot. Yeah. I have to for Star Wars Battlefront. Oh, that, yeah, that looks pretty good, too. It does look cool. Okay. <laughs> yep, yep. Assassin's Creed. For me, the the, 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 the pinnacle of the series, the, the, the high watermark is, I don't even remember which one it is. It's Brotherhood, yep. I, I think. Where, yeah, okay, it's Brotherhood, where I did a swan dive off the Colosseum and landed in a bale of hay. It was the best thing that's ever happened in a video game. I thought your favorite thing was that you didn't have to play it because you could have your assassins kill everybody for you. Oh, yeah, that, that was great, too. Yeah, have that, your, your, like, assassin management sim where I just didn't get my hands dirty. I just pointed at people like that one, that one right there. Uh, it was just Don Corleone. You, just, you literally walked through the, the streets of Italy and started the first Mafia. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because what what was the mechanic in that one? You had to uh, take down the, the the Borgia towers to yep. 
favorite parts of the map, you had to like find the captain. So I would just run in as fast as I could, find the captain, and point at him. Like that, oh, that guy right there. Like there's five guys chasing me, and then like I point at the guy, and then like one of my assassins like jumps out of a bale of hay and stabs him, and then disappears. Like why was he there the whole time? Why couldn't you just gotten him when he walked by? Because they're ninjas, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. It's pretty uh. good. I, I, I want to talk about a very specific story thing. Oh, we're kind of talking like story stuff for Assassin's Creed, right? We're, yeah. You know, we're not worrying about spoiling. One, the weird thing for me is that the end of Brotherhood. I, I my my recollection of this is all so vague. So, forgive me if some of it's not quite right. Uh, the modern day story had Desmond doing something, trying to get a piece of Eden, and then he. Like he, something takes control of his body, and then he stabs Lucy, who was voiced by Kristen Bell. Uh, I, I, had a, I had a moment there. Where I was like, "Did I say Christian Bale?" Like, no, no, Kristen <laughs> yeah, Bell. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> like, wait, Kristen? I think said Kristen Bale. I'm like, wait, which one is that? No, Kristen, Kristen Bell, and like uh, something takes control of Desmond, and he stabs her, and I, she was, I guess, like the. She was like your sidekick or love interest or something, and it was a really like shocking like way to end the game. So, oh, what what's going? I don't understand. And they kind of cover. I'm like, I can't wait to find out what's going on. And then they cover it in the next game and like a piece of dialogue, like in an email or something, where they're like, oh yeah, she was a Templar. That's why you killed her. She's a Templar. Yeah, there's a. Yeah, it's in one of the DLCs, where one of the first person DLC games, which were like really creative but very odd. Like yeah, trying to but... trying to platform in first person has never worked out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that yeah, basically what that is is uh, Lucy was a, a Templar double agent for like ten years. Infiltr- she was an assassin first. She was turned double agent because the assassins abandoned her. And then the the Juno, the first civilization god, whatever thing that's in that temple, knew that and was like, I need to kill her so Desmond can help bring me back to life so I can rule the world. I think I read something. It might have been in one of the secret logs you find in either Black Flag or Rogue, something like that, that like hinted that maybe she was actually a triple agent. And she decided <laughs> that she was with them and that Juno yeah, did make uh, him kill her because she would have stopped all of the bad stuff, like she knew better or something. Yeah, I don't know. For me, like it, it clearly, and I could be wrong. It could have been planned from the beginning. It could be in the Assassin's Creed Bible. Who knows? But for me, it seems like it was probably a case where Kristen Bell was like, "Yeah, I, I'm, I'm tired of coming in every year and uh, doing voice work for this game. Is there? Can I? Is my contract yeah. up? I'm I'm done." They're like, "Okay, you're dead now. We killed her. She was a Templar the whole time." <laughs> yeah, I'm, right. I'm with you. I, I I feel like it was a retcon. Although it, it was so sly that when if you go back and play the first three games, you can't really tell. That's cool. I'm, I'm glad it was well done at the very least. To be fair, she was a Templar in the first game, like visibly Templary. Once you learned where you are in the modern day story. Mm, you're right. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, so, Wootnader, Assassin's Creed Two is good. I agree. Three is bad, yes indeed, yep. and okay was uh, Revelations. Yeah, I 100%. I'm in your corner on this one. Those are yep, uh, excellent. This is not this is not like a Ben saying Terminator One's bad. Thing. I didn't it's, say it I was bad. It's just this. not as good as two. 
Okay. Like, like one, I kept like zoning out and stopped caring. Two, I kept having like, whoa, this is awesome. I'm going to keep watching this. Cool stuff is happening. You should go back and watch one again to see if you start zoning out or if you start picking up on stuff. I will try, but I think I kept zoning out because it would keep flashing back to the robot wars. What? It only did that once. I did it a couple times. And then his face, when he messed with his eye, looked kind of weird. Like, I kept getting distracted by his face and why it looked so rubbery all the time. In in the um, in Salvation, in the future, is, is the ground just made of human skulls? It actually isn't. A lot of it is dirt. Oh, man. That's display. It should be just skulls everywhere. That's what the future looks I like. I think that's supposed to be further in the future. Because like, okay. at the end of it, you think that whatever John Connor made or whatever made him the, uh, their salvation was supposed to happen. But I think they say, like, oh, this was just the beginning. And they planned mm. a trilogy, and then it didn't happen. So no <laughs> one knows what it was that he did to save mankind. Unless it's in five. I'm sure it keeps people up at night to this day. <clears throat> All right. So that is going to do it for this segment. So let's take a quick break, and then we'll pick it up and feedback. Red alert. Red alert. Red alert. You crossed my line of debt. You haven't dismantled your MX stockpile. Pakistan is threatening my border. That's it, Buster. No more military aid. Nuke them. Get them before they get you. Another quality home game from Butler Brothers. Sounds. Oh. The mail's here. Mail oh, great. Thanks. What's this? A letter for me. Listener feedback. If you'd like to contact the show, we encourage you to do so. Our email address is happycastfeedback at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to call and leave a voicemail, you can do so. Our number is 77-HAPPY-NUN. That's 77-H-A-P-P-Y-N-U-N. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at HappyCast. We're on the Instagrams. Uh, that's, I think that's it. I think we're done. Seems like it. Mm-hmm. That's all the information. So if you'd like to help the show out, tell a friend, leave an iTunes review, and that is it. So any feedback this week, Ben? A uh, couple tweets. That's it. Uh, we got, I have to read those tweets. I better open the, the tweeter thing. We have a th- uh, tweet from listener Anne, who says that her flight, because she's on some like crazy worldwide vacation right now, uh, had 12 Angry Men, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and Kick Puncher slash Duck comic episode of Community for Entertainment, curated by Happy Cast. Wait, was that, was that the actual in-flight entertainment? Because that's the greatest and most eclectic mix. <laughs> I guess so. I just I will hope this like the uh, flight attendants before Kick Puncher stood up there and explained what what community was. <laughs> okay, so there's this episode where they sit in a dorm room and watch Kick Puncher all day. Exactly. Now, Brian, can you confirm or deny that our handling of this? Well, you know, I thought I I thought we could talk about it on the show. I was really looking forward to making an announcement, but we're still waiting for the ink to dry. Uh, we're working out some final details, so I can't really comment on the possibility of us being contracted by a major airline to curate entertainment at this time. Uh, stay tuned Wink. for further details. Uh, we also have a tweet from Fizzbiz. Uh, she sees that 
well, I guess uh, the new today, which is Twitter is def underscore leopards, uh, is not the only one to get snubbed by a dog. And there's a link to a dog being snubbed. Or a dog snubbing a human. Oh, yeah. Sorry, not a dog mm-hmm. being snubbed. A dog being snubbed. <laughs> like, no, I will not let you lick my face. And then the new today wants to make it into a charitable cause. Yeah, yeah, sure. Dog snubbing. I'm sure you could raise millions of dollars for that. I mean, we got a quarter million just to get Chris Pratt on the show, so why can't dog snubs, dog snubbies raise money? Too bad I already spent it. What? It, we, that was like an hour ago. What happened to all the money? I did it when you were talking about movies. Like all the oh. Rocky movies. I'd never seen them, so I just bought stuff instead. Okay, well, we'll have to talk about that after the show, I guess. Yeah. Bye! Yep. Hey, that does it for this week's show. I would like to um, apologize for the lack of Chris Pratt, but at the same time, uh, sincerely thank the Wootinator for taking the time to join us here today. Thank you, sir. Yeah, sorry about that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You Pratt Fisher, you. So, uh, until next week, uh, thank you for joining us, and... We encourage you to please keep a fish. Well, Ben, even though I'm a little disappointed that we didn't get Chris Pratt on the show, it was a lot of fun having the Wootinator come back. That was good. Yeah, but it wasn't Chris Pratt. I, I think we should keep chasing this dragon. Or is that a drug yeah, term? That's a drug thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's keep chasing this Pratt. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, listen to this. Real, listen real carefully. That That's me closing the book on the Pratt saga. We're giving up... It's never going to happen. Well, that's too bad, because I already spent our quarter million dollars on a talk show set. Are you going to try to lure him well, onto I mean, the show? I- I've seen him go on these late night talk shows. Not not daytime no. talk shows. I'm sure he has, but I don't want to do that one. But I think a late night, late night talk show. We'll do one of those. He will surely show up to promote his next movie, which is something... Okay, all right. Well, I mean, sure, why not? We'll give it a shot.